What are we waiting for? It's out of here! Kick is away. And the kick is... It's good! He's in, baby! We are going, baby! Oh, my God! Deep to right field! Way up there! And way out of here! What's going on, guys? Got another edition of the Connor and Mark Show alongside Mark Rogers. I'm Connor Gabe. Uh, today we're going to be going over a big Sunday game, which we're broadcasting today on Saturday. So tomorrow, the Eagles and the Steelers are going to be playing. It's week five. The Eagles, who are 1-2-1, first place in the NFC East, are going against the Steelers, who are 3-0. They're coming off a bye week. So it's uh, going to be a pretty exciting game, a, a big game for the Eagles if they want to stay in first place. So, Mark, how you doing, man? Good, man. It's... Uh it's always nice to get in the studio, use the nice equipment. Yes. Um, and, of course, talk some birds and, and go over, you know, the huge um, slate of sports that has came at us here in a wave of, of you know, other NFL games, you know, MLB, uh, AL, and NLCS coming up with the um, Yanks game happening last night. Um, a little bit of NHL to dive into and then round it out, you know, maybe with some NBA and, and talk about the finals here. But, man, I'm excited to get going. Yeah, I'm excited too, and obviously there's a lot to talk about today with on the Eagles front and where they stand injury wise. Yesterday, they um, you know it was announced that both Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey will be missing Sunday's game. Uh, not too surprising because Jeffrey missed uh, you know this week really with practices with an illness, which is not COVID related. Also, Deshaun Jackson is dealing with the hamstring injuries, so both of them will be out for Sunday's game. But also today, which uh, was literally just announced, um, you know, I believe like 30 minutes ago, the Eagles has signed. Um, Graylin Arnold to the active roster and activated wide receiver Quez Watkins. He was taken, I believe, in the fifth round for the Philadelphia Eagles as a speed guy, and they also activated special team captain Craig James, so he's going to be back, I believe, for the game as well. And um, Yeah, so basically, also the Eagles just elevated tight end Jason Kroom and defensive back uh, Elijah Riley to the Steelers game, so they're going to be active as well. A lot of no-name guys, but this is what happens when... Um, you know, when a lot of injuries hit the front for the Eagles, and again, like with the San Francisco game, they're going to have to try and, you know, find a way to win with a bunch of guys who are, are not traditionally starters. Yeah, and and I think a huge key to this game is is the Eagles' front four again after the Roethlisberger. He's gotten a little older. Um, you know, he still has the, you know, potential um, in the sense to make big plays. Um, he's got some good guys on the outside in, in Smith-Schuster. He's got Washington. Um, he's got Vance McDonald at the tight end position, Connor Snell. So he's got some weapons around him. And then the Steelers' defense is, is all, as we know, very good. They went out, got Mika Fitzpatrick last year for a first-round pick, which looks to pay some big div- dividends for them last year and, and you know maybe even into the future. But like I said, key to this game is, is starting with that front four. Fletcher Cox, um, Malik Jackson, uh, Josh Sweat, um, Ridgeway, uh, Hargrave, who who is a former Steeler, all those guys who who made a pretty big impact. I thought last week against the 49ers, they need to be the biggest impact and pressure Roethlisberger, make him uncomfortable. He does not want to get hit. He can't run for his life because he's you know older now. Um, so that's going to be a big key to get that offense off the field. And then on the offensive side of the ball for the Eagles, Quez Watkins, big addition. But again, you know Wentz is going into a game 
against a very good opponent um, with a very experienced head coach and Mike Tomlin with a bunch of guys that, you know, Travis Fulgham, you know, he's a little more relatable with them. He got another week with them, but Quest Watkins comes up. I, I don't even know if he got a few reps in with them. Um, but again, Carson has to go out there and, and make do with what he has. Um, you know, if they can share up this O-line, which looked pretty good last week, Malata looked good. I think they should use Sanders a lot in this game. Um, you know, running the ball and, and even more so catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, one thing that is interesting to me, I think, with the play of the offensive line last week has been getting better and better, but the injuries have piled up for them as well. Mulatto started and surprisingly had a really good game. I thought Lane Johnson was banged up, and, you know, he was in and out of the game. I mean, Kelsey's still out there, but you get guys like Herbig and and was it Pryor was starting. So a lot of, a lot of young guys now on the offensive line. That's going to be huge because I saw this on Pro Football Focus. They just tweeted this out the other day. Most quarterback pressures in two seconds or less. Uh, uh, Joey Bosa is number one with the Chargers at 11, but two, three, and four are all Steelers. At two is TJ Watt, three is Bud Dupree, and then number four, it is Stephon Tuitt with they have a combined, let's see my math, my math's here good, it would be 16 to 26 pressures with under two seconds so and they've only played three games it's pretty impressive obviously we know how good tj wide is he's been fantastic and been a great addition uh bud dupree's in a contract year he's a really good pass rusher off the other side stefan tillard on the inside has been fantastic fantastic does have cam hayward he's a really good player he's a good veteran he's been around for a while so they got a lot of guys on that defensive line who can get to the passer and get to the pa- uh the quarterback so it's gonna be a big test here for this eagles off of the line because i know what we saw in Washington the first week, it was not a pleasant sight to see, and that defensive line manhandled that offensive line, and, and Carson Wentz all game. So if that's going to be a problem, I already think this is going to be a low-scoring game, but if that's going to be a problem, it's going to be really difficult for this Eagles team to go into Pittsburgh and get a win. Yeah, and I completely agree. I think that, um, you know, as well as they can, they got a game plan for this defense to be bringing the house. Um, and, and, you know, when I say bringing the house, just bringing the pressure every single time. You pointed out four really good guys um and then you didn't get into their secondary and and like I mentioned they Fitzpatrick um they have some you know some other good young corners on that team um so the Eagles are really gonna have to to find a way um it's not going to be big chunk plays it's going to be you know running plays short yardage passing uh plays kind of just using the field that they give them if they you know if they bring the blitz if they come real heavy um, you know, maybe adjust and, and start running some underneath routes where there's some more space in the box if, if you know, a lot of people are rushing uh, Wentz. So Wentz is going to have to be on the move again. I think he's the best when he's on the move. Um, he's just not comfortable standing in the pocket and throwing. It's just been demonstrated that that's not his game. Uh, but he's got to be careful. He's going to have some big boys coming at him and, and guys that really know how to bring the heat. Um, and, and do it, like you pointed out, in a very quick way. And, and again, like you said, and like Mike Missinelli, um, you know, who we really do appreciate camp, uh, coming on our show, excuse me, can't talk, um, <laughs> you know, he said, again, it's going to be a low-scoring game if they can get the win here. So, um, you know, I'm okay with a low-scoring game if, if that means we get the win, but, um, you know, we got to find ways to generate offense because the offense on the other side of the ball is, or on the other side is, is pretty darn good as well. All right, let's do this. Let's start off with one. Uh, let's do an offensive player and a defensive player for the Eagles. They need to show up Sunday for them to have a huge game. I'll start. I, I think that for the Eagles on the offensive side of the ball, I think Miles Sanders needs to have a big game. I think they need to get this running game going. He didn't play that great in San Francisco, and they still find a way to win, but this defense a whole lot better and healthier than San Francisco's defense. So, and he's a Pittsburgh guy, too. He's come back home. 
Um, obviously, going to be playing from big crowd, or maybe actually, I know they announced uh, uh, the Pennsylvania government announced that there's going to be uh, uh, fans in mm-hmm. attendance. I believe for the Steelers game, I think, I think the number like seven thousand around yeah, somewhere around yeah. there. So I don't know. They haven't announced anything on the Philadelphia front, but there's still going to be fans there. But getting back to my main point with Miles Sanders, uh, we you know this team expect a lot out of him this year, and and he's he's a heck of a player, and you have to get him involved. I think especially in a low scoring game, get that you know running game going, and if the running game's going, that's going to put a lot of pressure off Carson. So he doesn't have to drop back 40 to 50 times, you know, this Sunday. If that's if that's going to happen, then it's going to be bad luck because, you know, T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree and, and Stephon Tewitt, they're going to be coming, coming at Wentz fast. So, you know, I think you got to get Sanders going. Um, you know, I, I still like Boston Scott. I think he's a good change of pace guy. I don't really like seeing Clement in there. I, I think that even though he had a great, you know, Super Bowl year, his rookie year, and, and was able to produce, I, I just don't think he's the same player as he once was. Which is disappointing, but um, you know, I, I, I think that you know Sanders should get about eighty percent of the touches, and maybe give you know Boston Scott their remaining fifteen twenty. So, yeah, I think Sanders needs a big game offensively and defensively. When looking at the whole totality of this defense, you know, I, we could look at the pass rushers, which you alluded to before, or the linebacking play, which has been pretty abysmal, and it's still injuries have been popping up with that as well. But one guy who I've been really excited to watch is, is Darius Slay, and and see him match up with Juju Smith-Schuster on Sunday. I think he needs to have a big game. He's been pretty. Pretty fantastic so far, and has been what has been advertised for his addition this offseason. So I think Darius Slay, you know, one on one with Juju, he loves following the guys around, uh, the main guy, number one. So I think I love that matchup against him. I think he's going to show up this weekend. And I, I, I have a prediction. I'll say he gets his first interception as an Eagle. I like that. Um, you know, I, I have two guys on the offense that, you know, I was really bouncing between. I mean, obviously, number one for me is going to be Wentz. Um, you obviously, know, he, obviously, yeah. he's, <laughs> he's, he's really been, you know, scrutinized and, you know, deservedly so in some, um, situations of not getting rid of the ball or, or making passes that, you know, are just ill-advised at that point in time. Even the interception last weekend where, um, last Sunday where it came to the middle of the field when it should have went to the sideline. Uh, anyway, my point is here, I, I think Wentz needs to really, you know, grab this team like he did last week and, and dictate the offense. He needs to give what's given. He needs to take what's given to him. Um, and if that's a short yard pass rather than going for the bomb or, or you know, something else, he's got to take that short pass and advance the ball here. Um, you know, he's got to make some smart decisions because he's going to get harried. And, you know, if he gets real uncomfortable early and starts turning the ball over, it could be a disastrous game for the Eagles. So I think Wentz needs to settle in. He needs to do what he's comfortable with, which is getting on the move and and finding a guy out in space. And then my second guy is, you know, we talked about him a little earlier. I think Jordan Milata is going to be a big part of this game. Um, You know, some of the blocks and, and some of the, you know, schemes he was involved in last week, which was for the most part, he did really well, and, and it kind of goes unnoticed when an offensive line is doing very well. However, it goes very noticed when they're not doing well. So um, I think Malata is, is you know, he's going to step into this role. He's kind of forced into this role due to injuries again, um, and I'm expecting a big game out of him. Give Sanders some space. Let Sanders go. Um, you know, let Sanders make plays, and, and the Eagles, I think, will be just fine, and it's going to be a low-scoring game. On the defensive side, um, you know, I, I is is Avery playing this week? Jannard Avery, he's, he's in, right? Yeah, it's the only three guys that are going to be out is uh, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and Avante Maddox is oh, going to be out. Okay, I really like what I saw from Avery last week. Yeah, um, yeah he played I know, well. Yeah, I know we traded for him uh, last year at the deadline. It was 
it, you know, it was a bit of a head scratcher at that point in time. And then he didn't play a little bit, and people were starting to think, is this guy really real? Is it worth the trade? Um, he really stepped up last week when when some big guys. Um, I know TJ Edwards is is done for a little bit, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I think he's going to be a, a key piece to kind of add to this defensive, um, you know, front that's really for the most part has looked really well, with the exception of the Rams and then. Um, you know, the collapse against Washington, but I think that was just a momentum thing. I, I don't think they had, um, you know, any opportunity there. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to this football team coming out tomorrow, energized and, and um, you know, taking what this team gives them, not forcing anything. No, I, I agree. And, and, and there's a lot to be taken with this, you know, it's Eagle Steelers game. It's I'm excited for it. I know, you know, my roommate Zach and you're, you know, you're friends with them too. He's a big Steeler fan. Oh, so yeah. we're, we're excited in the apartment we six are. household. It's going to be a very exciting game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's, I know TJ Watt was a little banged up this week, but it looks like he's going to be good to go. And I think that bye week, even though it's annoying, I think for Steelers that, uh, you know, that, that it turned out like that. They're supposed to be playing last week against the Titans, but uh, they got they got handed a bye week. And, and the good thing is they're going to be healthy going into this game. It's going to be a matter of can maybe the Eagles take advantage of any sluggish, sluggishness coming out of this game for the Steelers. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, I like their defense. The front's really good. They still got guys in the secondary. I believe Joe Hayden starts at corner. They got a they got a rookie on the other side of them. I forget his name. Can't think of the top of my head. They got Devin Bush at linebacker. Yep. Um, you know they got a lot of guys defensively, and they got some they got some guys on offense too. Can play obviously. James Conner has been pretty productive ever since he came in the league from Pittsburgh. Um, you know they got they drafted Claypool, who's a pretty good wide receiver, and they like him. You know out there they got you know, D Johnson. Deontay Johnson's pretty good, and it was a James Washington. Yep, wide receivers yep. were pretty good too as well, and and obviously they're not great. I think a tight end. I think you know. I think it was a McDonald, Vance McDonald's their tight end. He's he's okay. So, you know, they got some guys. They got some speed guys. They're not stars. Obviously, Juju is more of a household name compared to the other guys. But they they've been productive. And Big Ben, who's coming off that big arm injury, um, has been pretty good. So I, I I'm not good. You know, I know they're three and zero. I don't think there's they're not an undefeated dominant team. But and they haven't had the you know, the hardest of schedules, but they still are a pretty good football team, and this defense is scary. It's one of the best in the league. So, I mean, Carson and this Eagles offense got to be ready to go coming Sunday. Oh, yeah. So, I think uh, I think it's that time, Connor. What? Are we doing a new segment? I think it is. So, the new segment, well, it's not exactly a new segment. I think we got this going a few weeks ago. Um, before you hit that button, Connor, I do just want to give a little introduction. This is Mark's Hot Takes. Mark's Hot Takes. Um, so we started this in week two, I believe. Week one, I did not take anyone. Yeah, you didn't. So the week, first one you did was the well, you took Falcons over Cowboys, and it looked good until they blew it at the end. But yeah, so my first my first hot take of this segment was maybe the most historical game uh, in points of com- or in regards to comebacks. Yeah, uh, I took the Falcons over the Dallas Cowboys, and the Falcons were up uh, twenty to nothing, and then went up twenty six seven, and then twenty nine ten, and then the collapse kind of started as the Cowboys came back to make it twenty nine fourteen. Then the uh, Falcons went back up 39-24. So the point of this story is I lost. Cowboys won 40-39. So the first hot take, 0 for 1. 0 for 1. O- <laughs> 0 for 1. And then week 3, I took the uh, Dolphins over the Jaguars Thursday night football. My record there is 1-1 one one now. And then batting again. Five, batting 500. Man, you take again, again, I take the Rams against the Bills. And the Rams were up big. Uh, and then blew it at the end. And then blew it at the end. Correct, Connor. They right, were one for three, thirty-three percent well, start. Well, actually, 
correction, they were not up big. They were down 28 to 3, and then they came back to make it 32 to 28. And, and then, then they blew it. Josh Allen with the Hurrahs at the end. Yeah. Fourth, no, well, fourth down, and, and uh, the pass went wide, and the rookie cornerback for the Rams grabbed the dude's arm. Fourth down, <laughs> PI, first down, they scored uh, right yeah. away. So one and two so far in Mark's hot takes. Nothing for week four. So jumping to week five, big hot take here. Big hot I'm take. going to take. It's not who you think it is, actually, Connor. I'm going to throw a curveball on me. Hold back on that hot take because I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I'm taking the Dolphins over the 49ers. Wow. And, he, and here's why I like this game. I know most thirds expect to come back, but I really like this Dolphins defense so far this year. Um, I think it's going to, I don't tr- trust Nick Mullins. Um, especially for the defense that he's going up against in regards, um, you know, the Eagles was pretty good. Wait, but is it, isn't Jimmy G going to play? I think he is. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Did I say Mullins? Yeah. Yeah, I said Mullins. Okay. My apologies. I think that Jimmy G is going to play, actually. Yeah, I believe he, he got he, Yeah, he, he, yep, got announced he will play, play, yep. So, you know, I think Jimmy G's first game back, I think he was a little premature coming back. Um, still you know, pretty banged up too. Yeah, the ankle. Uh, Mostert's back. Uh, Kittle's back, but no, obviously That's Bosa, a hot take. Thompson or Thomas. Well, I like this. I really like this. Uh, this Dolphins offense, dude, more than the defense. I mean, they have some good weapons. They have like Jordan Howard. Um, yeah, they have Jordan Howard, like Miles Gaskin, uh, Kaseki, Devontae Parker Parker's on the outside. Awesome, yeah. So they have some weapons, and I think um, you know this San Fran team's really banged up. They came off a, a pretty tough loss last week, um, which would almost think that make me think that they're going to come back stronger. But this is why it's a segment, Connor. It's That's a hot a take of the week. I mean, it's 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 all branding here. It's a segment. It so. is all a branding. So yeah, um, it's pretty hot, man. So there's our new segment for me. Now we're going to yes. throw it over to Connor, and this is his new segment. Yes, let's do it. So this segment's real quick before Connor hits the button. This segment's going to be a bit more diverse. Uh, it's going to be covering all four major sports, and it's all going to go by a buy or sell slant towards one team over the other. So are you ready, Connor? <laughs> that was the wrong button, but let's do it. <laughs> all right. All right, let's Connor. So first, all right, buy got sell, coming baby. up this week, we have the – Kansas City Chiefs, or no, I'm sorry, we're not doing that game, switching up. We got the Indianapolis Colts and the Cleveland Browns. They are the home team. It's going to be an even pick em game, so that means uh, for anyone listening, that means you can pick either team and they'll just be even odds. So uh, buy or sell that the Browns will win at home this week and go 4-1. and I'm going to buy, and I know the Colts defense has been fantastic this year, um, but the Browns, I feel like, have found a new identity, and it's a bummer that Nick Chubb is going to be down for a little while. He's going to be put on the IR, but they still have Kareem Hunt. I like Kareem Hunt a lot. They got Odell, who's really finding his stride, with I think, finally with his team. Uh, Jarvis Landry, obviously, has been really good. Um, who's that tight end? Austin Hooper is a good player, uh, and I think that... Um, you know, th- this team under finally under a new coach was it Kevin Stefanski. He's been pretty good, obviously, in Cleveland and, and, and found. Delco uh, guy, shout th- out. Is he a Delco guy? I didn't even know that. Yeah, my dad went to high school with his dad, Eddie Stefanski. Where'd he go to high school? Or or knows Eddie Stefanski. I don't know if he went to high school with him. Uh, Bonner. Bon- he, my, my dad went to Bonner. Yeah, okay. yeah. Delco, <laughs> Dude, baby. All right, well, yeah, no, I, and, obviously. And Stefanski's from Drexel Hill, but go on. Drexel, oh, man. All right, well, obviously, he's done a really good job in Cleveland and, and what he's been able to do there and. 
And I, I think that obviously a lot of people have been doubting Baker Mayfield for a while. And is he the top five guy that I think he'll build up to be at, at in his rookie year? No, but he's been pretty good so far, and he's been making the throws. And obviously, this is a tough challenge with Indianapolis coming in. But I just I just don't like Philip Rivers. I've never been a huge fan. And even though they have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, Xavier Rose has been a good addition for them. They got Darius Leonard, a linebacker position. Uh, they brought in what's his name from San Francisco. Um, DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner. DeForest yeah. Buckner has been good. So I, I like their defense, but uh, I'm still I'm going to buy on the Cleveland Browns beating the Colts Sunday. All right. So that is the Browns over the Colts, and uh, Connor is buying. So next, Connor, buy or sell that the Lakers will close out the series tomorrow. I'm going to buy. Um, you know, Obviously, last night was pretty disappointing. I, we were hoping that. If you're a Laker fan, you're hoping that LeBron or AD can close out the end. But, you know, again, Miami is pretty resilient. But I think there's just too much, uh, you know, firepower on, you know, the Lakers side to, for the Miami Heat to, you know, make a comeback here. And obviously, the Gordon Drogic injuries, um, you know, a huge loss for Miami. And, and Bam's obviously not 100% either. But you have to give props to Jimmy Butler and what he's been able to do with this Miami Heat team. So I, I think that there's a chance it can go seven. I just don't, especially in a game seven with LeBron James, I'm not saying it's going to go seven. I think it's going to actually end in six. But if it does go game seven, I'm always going to take LeBron James. So I'm going to buy the Lakers. I'm going to wrap it up. And they're going to wrap it up game six, too. All right. So Connor is buying the Lakers to win game six and for LeBron and the Lakers to be NBA champs. Hey, Connor, NHL here. Yes. Your favorite topic. Obviously. Buy or sell that the Tampa Bay Lightning will repeat Stanley Cup champs. I'm going to sell. They are in a cap problem now, and they're selling. Uh, I believe the Pierre Lebrun, who's, who covers the, the NHL on TSM, is saying that it's a fire sale, and there were only four guys that are protected. I believe it's uh, Hedman, Vasilevsky, Kucherov, and a Braden Point. Or like the only four guys are like untouchable. I mean, listen, they have a really talented team, and they got a lot of guys, and there's a reason why they, you know, were the dominant team, you know, two years ago in the regular season, and, and there's a reason why they won a cup this year because they got a lot of guys who can play. So, uh, I th- I still think they'll be good next year. I think they got a lot of talent. I just don't. It's one. It's hard to, you know, go back to back in the NHL. I mean, the only time I've seen it in my lifetime was what Pittsburgh in 2015, 2016, was it? So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of another time. Maybe when I was really young with the Red Wings. But Red Wings, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't see it happening. They still are a good team. I still think they'll make some noise in the Atlantic Division, but I, it's just too hard. So I'm going to sell on the Lightning, repeating as champions. All right. And the final topic here, Connor. Last right. night, the Yankees were closed out by the Rays. Yes. So the AL- I love watching the Yankees. Always, man. It's oh, yeah. It makes me so happy. Oh, yeah. So the ALCS now is the Astros Rays, and the NLCS is the Braves Dodgers. Connor, buy or sell that the Dodgers are locked to win the World Series. I'm buying that. I picked the Dodgers uh, when we went into, you know, the uh, when we did our predictions you know, a couple weeks ago. I picked the Dodgers, and they're just too talented. They got so much offensive firepower with Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Max Muncy. Um, you know, they got a lot of young guys, too, and they're pitching after it's come. Bueller, awesome. Yeah, May is awesome. May is good. He got a lot of heat, and you can throw in. And that's the thing; like they've done such a good job. That organization, they've been good since the Phillies were good in 2008. I mean, they're resilient. They every year they come back and, and they find prospects. They draft really well. Um, you know, they they. I don't know. It's it's pretty impressive. I know they've still yet to win a, a World Series. It's just been that that hurdle they couldn't get over. And I think Atlanta's a tough matchup for them too. I think they got some young talent there as well. But, um, you know, I'm, de- I'm definitely taking them over Atlanta and whoever comes out of the ALCS, whether it's the Astros or the um, it was Tampa Bay Rays, I'm still going Dodgers. But I would love to see a nice uh, rematch with the Astros and the Dodgers. I think that would be pretty exciting. And I think everyone's sick and tired of the Astros, especially 
after what happened with them with all the cheating and, and see them, you know, barely get in the playoffs and had this much success, it's just, it's a pain to watch. But, hey, man, I, I'm rolling with the Dodgers, man. They're, they're a really good team. So I'm wow. buying the Dodgers to go win the World Series. I love that. And I would actually love to see that rematch in the World Every, Series. Everybody loves – they hate somebody, and that sells. And I think the MLB, <laughs> even though – even though the MLB did not handle that Astros scandal well at all, I still think they'd love to see the Astros back in it. I think that would really drive up ratings for them to watch it. And, and uh, yeah, will you give me a shock? Is something happening or what? No, nah, no, nah, I'm just taking a look at some stuff. We'll hop into it next, but finish your thought. Yeah, no, but, yeah, listen, I, I hate the Astros like the next guy and what they did. And But, obviously, you know, that's a, that's a great that's a, you know, that's a great team there. They got good players, obviously, with, you know, Carlos Correa, Bregman, Altuve, even though he's struggling, I still like him. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm still rolling Dodgers. They're just too talented. Yeah, and I, I think the Dodgers are going to win too. I think the the bets trade and sign was, you know, something that sent them, um, you know, to the expectation of getting over that hump. Um, and I think they get over the hump this year. And I will also buy that, that the Dodgers will win the World Series this year. So now, Connor, hopping into our favorite sport here on the show. The NHL is, um, you know, going on here, and, and the NHL free agency, which is something crazy in October. It looks well, like you have something. Well, signing just happened with the Flyers. Now Winnipeg signs Nate Thompson to a one-year $750,000 deal. Pretty cheap, obviously, and, and he was a pretty good addition for the Flyers. But they also lost Pitlick. They also lost Derek Grant. And those are the three veteran guys on the bottom six that really, you know, were the big names that produced that, that they brought in. Obviously, Thompson faded a little bit at the end, so did Grant. Uh, I was a huge fan of Pitlick, but the three guys just left, and um, yeah, you know it's it's uh, you know it, the Flyers have been relatively quiet, and and usually that's what they are. Like they've uh, they've really have been you know a really quiet team on the free agency front, and um, you know, and I I, ho- I know we've seen a lot of rumors with uh, Patrick Lane, maybe f- you know see- finding a way to. You know, get traded to Philadelphia. I know that the Flyers checked in on that, and we're actually negotiating a deal, but it cooled down a little bit. But they, people have been still hinting that they may come back to that because I know while I was watching the draft, um, you know, NBC Sports, uh, you know, was covering it, and they had obviously you know Bob McKenzie, Darren Drager, I think Darren Drager, uh, but you know a lot of t- you know hockey insiders, Craig, Craig Button, Craig Button was there, and they're all talking Great and saying, guy. yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're all saying like, listen, like Winnipeg, like they they want to get rid of them. And it's yeah. it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, so I don't know if it's going to be to Philadelphia. I, I I know he has one more year, year on his deal, but um, I, I think he's going to get traded. Now I don't know if it's going to be Philadelphia, but I, it looks like they're their favorite. Well, here's the only thing that scares me about that comment that that was made about Winnipeg and and wanting to get rid of them uh, or Line A in that in that case. I don't think the Flyers and and Chuck Chuck Fletcher especially is going to in, you know, quotations, overpay for line A. And when I say that, that's just due to them saying, we're getting rid of them either way. We don't, you know, we don't want them, um, you know, on our team. And, you know, the Flyers, they might still want a first-round pick and, and all of this stuff, and the Flyers may not want to pay that. So, um, you know, again, the Flyers might miss out on it just due to the, you know, asking price for them, but still would love to see line A become a Flyer and, and – I would love to see a move for this Flyers team on the offensive end. Um, you know, as Connor alluded to, we lost three major guys in the bottom six that are really big energy guys. Chris Stort retired. I mean, again, not a huge part of the team, but another grinder. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. But, 
just some notable signings here real quick and some notable moves just in the last few days. Um, obviously, with, with the bubble situation and the season starting later, um, we're resuming and, and finishing later than normal. We have free agency here in October, which is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and then January 1st is going to be the start of the new NHL the, season. The projected start. Yeah, the that's projected. what they're, they're aiming towards is January. So on uh, the 7th, which I believe was the day of the draft, um, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins traded goaltender Matt Murray over to the Senators. Um, this was a move that was pretty widely anticipated across the league. Um, you know, not a great relationship there with Murray and, and the front office, it seemed, as well as the fans. Um, I, I really don't know what the whole rift was about, but obviously he's out. He's in the Senators organization. Sanders had two picks in the top five. They took Tim Stutzel and Jake Sanderson. Yeah, the um, American defense. Yeah. Stutzel is a very, very sought-off prospect from Germany. He's a good skater, um, very fast, German yeah, kid, right? Yeah. yeah, from where Leon Dreisaitl came from on the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're producing some good players. Mort Cedar, who, who's a young prospect on the Red Wings. And then Sanderson, who was, I'm pretty sure, the highest-rated American prospect. Um and I really think the Senators team looks really good. I mean, they have a lot of young guys. They have Brandstrom. They have Josh Norris. They have uh, Kachuk. They have, you know, these two young additions and Sanderson and Stutzel. They have some other first-round picks that they've had in the past few years. So Well, it's been all downhill for them ever since they lost, you know, these conference final to Pittsburgh. And mm-hmm. obviously they had to rebuild, and they're bringing a lot of young guys. Obviously they're not going to be that great this year, but down the road I think that this is a team that could— Two, two three years, I yeah, think they're going to be a yeah, very good team. Yeah, they got they got young guys. And I like, you know, they're sitting pretty nice at that third spot, really, because I knew they they weren't going to get Lafreniere. And, they, and it was really just a decision between the Kings to pick between Quentin Byfield or Stencil and— um, yeah, obviously the Kings took byfields are really right there when you're at three, you just take the other guy remaining. So yeah, I think they got a young team. They got some players that can um, you know, hopefully turn into some big names down the road. But as of right now, obviously they're a young team, so they're probably gonna be right where they were last year. But you know, there's there's a lot of guys that popped out. A lot of teams that popped out in the draft that when I was watching it, um and the Capitals jumped the Flyers right ahead to take the Hendricks Lapriere, who really was a top ten prospect, but I believe he had three concussions last year, so the injury problems was a concern and for a lot of teams. Lafreniere, no Lapierre, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lapierre, yeah, Lapierre. Hendricks Lapierre was taken by okay. the Capitals, so yeah, he's a good player. Um, but obviously, I knew when he was falling, I thought maybe the Flyers could have a chance to grab him, but the Capitals jumped. Yeah, listen, the Rangers have a lot of offensive talent. Obviously, taking out Alexei Lafreniere, and he's going to be, I think, a star in this league, well, along with, you know, um, you know, Zibanejad and, uh, and Terry Panarin. Um, they got a lot of offensive talent up front. And I, I know, I still don't think that they're better than some of the Metro teams. I think, I don't think they're better than the Flyers. Um, I don't think they're better than maybe, you know, maybe Carolina. I don't think they're better than Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but they're I, deep. This year they're pretty deep. They're they deep. Young guys. They need it. I mean, they were, that was a problem. They're really thin, and they needed guys to bring in to get some depth scoring. Up, uh, you know, behind obviously those stars that they brought in, they paid a lot of money to. They let go Andrew Conquist, which is like an end of an era in New York. So, um, you know, I believe what they're gonna roll with the young guy probably in net for them. I forget his name. Yeah, it's just Turkin or uh, uh, Georgiev. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, the Russian kid. They they're got. both good. Yeah. Yeah. So they got options, and and I think they'll be more talented. I think this year. Um, but but when the Flyers played them, you know, in the bubble, but then they didn't play them in the bubble. They played them right before when the pandemic. Uh, hit. They yep. played them like twice. Sunday and afternoon, they, they smoked them. Yeah, they they played them twice. It was back to back, and they beat them both games. Like you can just tell, the Flyers are a lot better of a team. So, 
I still think I listen, I don't know. I'm. Uh, I mean, I, I, this is not like I'm not making my own hot take segment here, but I'm thinking the Flyers have a really good shot of winning the Metro. I don't even know if that's a hot take. Like they, I I don't know if that is a hot take just due to what they did last year and, I think and the expectations they're up against. I think it's them, the Caps, and I think they're and you got to count the the Penguins. I love the Peter Laviette signing for for the Capitals. I think I always love Laviette. And he's he's a great coach. Obviously, I feel like he's underappreciated in this league. But um, you know, I like that signing. But I, I still would take the Flyers over the Caps. I take the Flyers over the Penguins. They're getting older. They they have to buy out Jack Johnson. They they trading away all their picks. They what they bring in cash. Uh, they brought in. What, they, they trade their first round pick for uh, the Capitan, I believe. So they traded for yeah yeah. Yeah. So they're making moves and and um. But I, I still think, I think the Flyers are better than the Penguins. And mm-hmm. they just do they just got they just dumped Matt Murray too. I know that they're going all in on um. Yeah, Jari, Jari, yeah, so Tristan Jari. yeah, Chris Tristan Jari. So, you know, I think that, you know, I think the Flyers have a really good shot. I think they're probably looked at as the favorite if they can play like they did, just, just that whole stretch leading up to the, the and break. the round robin and the round, round even the round good. robin. I mean, I, I think they have a really good shot. The only concerning thing is, I think with this team is, listen, they're selling out all these all these old guys, maybe banking on maybe other veterans sleep, you know, going through free agency and just not getting picked up and they come in with a cheaper deal or they're banking on younger guys. So like what I view with the pit, like letting him go, I think that they think, you know, Nick Obey Kubel could fill in that role. And I do like Knack. He's a good player, um, but he is younger too. And it's a lot of responsibility. And, and I think if, if you want a team to win and go deep into the playoffs, you're going to need veterans. So whether if they just do that again, like last year, we'd go into free or go into the trade deadline and just bring in a bunch of vets like that. I'm fine by that. But um, I, I don't want to bang too much on, on young guys. And obviously, I still have high hopes for Lindblom. I, I know, obviously, with his circumstances, you know, he's coming off of cancer treatment. You know, it's, you know, I don't know how, you know, how ready he'll be able to go for the season. You know, we still got to see with, with this whole, like, all season, you know, yep. it's, a, it's a whole mess. So we don't really know. Patrick is still a huge question mark. I saw he was scrimmaging and he's back on the ice. But obviously, this whole season's a wash for him. And it's been disappointing, obviously, not seeing production on the ice. But, a lot of young guys that um, you know you got the bank on. Obviously, for, I, I don't know. Chuck Fletcher spoke today and he was talking about you know what he's seeing free agency and it doesn't seem like he's he really high on Frost. Um, I don't know. I'm a huge Frost guy. Hopefully, he can pan out. He didn't really you know um, pop like he did in the AHL like Farabee did. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't want to hang too much on the young guys, even though I like seeing new guys come in and make a big impact, but. You got to you got to bring in some veteran leadership, especially in the back end with new, losing Niskanen. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and you know, Farabee too. I think he's going to get a significantly higher role next year. He's going to yeah. expect it to be you know a top six guy and produce like a top six guy. Um, and and you know the the these guys are getting a little older. The the other veterans. Um, so you know some moves. I don't want to say head scratchers, but you know the Pitlick was kind of a, a bit of a head scratcher for me. Um, just because of the energy he brought, the way he played um, with different people, just on such a short time basis, um, you know, in game in game adjustments, he would be moving lines. So I thought he was a real uh, Swiss Army knife, if you will, for this Flyers team. He could play lines one through four and, and pretty much produce with anybody he was put with. But um, you know, I think I think this team's got some real high hopes for some of these young guys. Um, which I really like because I think a lot of these guys are skilled and, and have the potential um, to carry this Flyers team. But real quick, before we move off the NHL topic and, and move into a little bit of the MLB, um, you know, some notable signings for the NHL. We have um, 
Tyson Barry going to the Oilers, one year, $3.75 million. Um, Troy Stetcher, not a huge name, but a pretty big impact in the bubble playoffs uh, for the Canucks. He's going, um, you know, two-year contract, reportedly uh, $3.4 million uh, with the Red Wings. And, um, you know, moving down here, a little, little crazy. Tory Krug leaving the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, going to the Blues, seven years, forty-five and a half million. So he's getting paid deservingly. So um, with that kind of came a, a ripple effect. Alex Petrangelo uh, also left the St. Louis Blues, and he's going to the Vegas Golden Knights now. Um, as you mentioned, Connor uh, Hendrick Lundqvist taking over that vacant cage, um, you know, in Washington, and and then that's due to Braden Holpe moving on to the Canucks. Uh, two years, eight point six million. A little surprised on the the years. Uh, With thought a two he, year. yeah, I thought he would maybe go four or five. Well, here's um, my prediction. I saw this thrown out here on TSN. I think that's only going to be a one year thing in Vancouver because I then I think that Demko they're going to protect Demko in that in that uh, expansion draft for Seattle. And then if Braden Holby is available, if you're Seattle, I mean that's like Mark Andre Fleury for the, you know Vegas Golden Knights. Like that's just a goalie right there. Yeah, is is he one the is he what he used to be? I don't know, but that's a pretty good goalie to take in your first expansion draft. So I think that was a calculated move by by uh, Vancouver. And I still think they. I'm a big Demko guy. I love Thatcher Demko, and I still have ex- high expectations for him when he came out of BC. But um, I, I think that's a one year deal for Holby. I think he's out after a year. I actually like that prediction. And and running down here a little more. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, Stanley Cup champion with the Tampa Bay Lightning, going to the Ducks. Yeah, three years, eleven point seven million. I like that little shake up in Anaheim. Uh, Jacob needed it was a disappointing year. So. Oh yeah, disappointing few years. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Markstrom moving on from the Canucks, another pretty good young goaltender. Uh, however, he got traded to the Flames and then signed six years, thirty six million. Got a lot of money. He did get a lot, and and you know that's kind of the deal that I was thinking for. Holpe, but you know that that like you said made um, you know a lot of sense about the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. And just a few more here. Kyle Torres, which was a pretty surprising move as Nashville bought out Torres. He signed uh, Torres. He signed with uh, the Oilers two years, three point three million. And uh, just running down the list here. There's some, there's some other moves that had been today. Columbus finalized a deal with Mika Koivu. It's a one year deal. Okay. Um, you know Barry's heading to. Was yeah, it the Tyson Bears ended the Oilers. You just said that one. Yeah, Jomi, so Jomi was a big one. Trade yeah. Josh Anderson seven years in Montreal. Tyler Johnson cleared waivers, so he's oh, a, wow. he's a free agent. So that's listen. I if I'm the Flyers, I take a look at that. Obviously, now you don't have to carry his contract. That big cap, I don't know what was that, like five or six million right around there. So I like him. I always like Tyler Johnson, yeah, and I know he's probably a two to three million. Dollar and I always, guy. I, yeah, and I like. I, I like bigger guys, obviously, but he's pretty skilled. So, I mean, yeah. that's a great addition. You could throw him on the second, third line, and then that's, a, you know, I like that a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, I know, and I know they're trying to bank on a lot of young guys, but, um, you know, I, I, I've always been a big fan of Dollar Johnson. I think it'd be a nice move for them to do. So, also, was it Avalanche signed forward Andre Baroski to a two year contract worth about $5 million. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really. It's really, uh, it, yeah, I'm surprised Tyson Barry got a one-year deal. I know the Flyers were in on him, and that would have been pretty nice to get a right-handed defenseman in there put him right next to Provorov. That would have been great for, this, been, for yeah. this team. I don't know why that didn't happen now that I think of it. I mean, it's only $3 million. I mean, listen, I'm all for, obviously, listen, I'm all for that they now they have a GM and leadership in there. They're not just throwing out crazy money like they do with Paul Holmgren and, and, and that era with the and Flyers. Yeah, but, put himself in a bad position yeah. down the line. I mean, there's some bad contracts they gave out, so I understand they're hesitant, um, you know, to really – really go out and make some big moves and 
and do they need a big big splash moves? No, they're a pretty good hockey team already as it is. But you know, you you don't want to be left you know less in the dust when everybody else is taking you know some pretty quality guys. And that's the thing with hockey: a lot of guys get oversigned. They get like a lot of money, and I know like everybody's used to NBA and NFL money. It's like ten twenty million dollars a year. Like the, like six million dollars a year is a lot of money to give a guy. So oh yeah. But when you put it in the realm of, of what some of these guys in the MLB and NBA and, and you know, even the NFL are making, it's like, whew. I know, it's a lot of money. Six million compared to, you know, don't mean to bring a, up a sore subject, but, you know, Al Horford, four years, 140 million. Yeah, that, guy, know, that guy's robbing that. that organization, isn't he? Yeah. So. Oh, that or- oh, yeah, the Sixers. Yes. So, uh, moving on here, uh, you have anything else on the NHL, Connor? No, I'm good. I, I, I mean, really, just on the, on the fire front, to be pretty quiet. I know, also, I'll throw this in there. We are going to have Jason Martinez on on the podcast Thursday. He is a big Flyers guy. He, he has a show on Nice and Five Fanatic on the weekends. Also, he is a pre I think he's a pre post game show host on Nice and Five Fanatic for Flyers games. So, and also he has a Flyers podcast called Flyers Daily. You can listen to that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. He's a great guy. He has a lot of knowledge with the Flyers in the NHL. So, hopefully by Thursday we'll have a little more of a grasp of what is going to happen really with, you know, with the Flyers. They probably make more moves by then and and we'll have a clear idea of of what to expect next year. Yeah, so uh, I totally agree with with everything there. Great podcast coming up on Thursday, and yeah. and now just recapping, uh, moving into baseball. Like I said, Connor, we know that um, the AL and NLCS is already set up. Yeah. So we have the Astros and the Rays, um, and and again the Rays just really displaying the depth they have at every position. Um, you know, Meadows with a big home run last night, and then. Um, forget the guy's name but but he hit the you know the icebreaker in the eighth inning bottom of the eighth uh to send the Rays into the uh ALCS uh so I think the Rays are are the real deal man I I mean I know we both I know you picked the Yankees initially I went back on my word of the Rays and, and went with the Yanks and, you know I kind of only like I'm not the Yanks good at predictions so <laughs> no I'm really not I kind of really only like the Yanks just just with all the firepower they had so you know I kind of picked it more off of, of what I wanted to see which you know is never a, a good way to predict of you know what you want to see rather than what will happen but I think the Rays are a real deal I think they could actually beat the Astros um, pretty decisively and, and move on to the World Series would not surprise me they have some good pitching in, in glass now and, and Snell. Um, and then a really good bullpen, and, and a shout-out to a Westchester alumni in Joey Wendell. Joey Wendell. Um, and then, yeah, Dodgers-Braves. Um, you know, it's crazy that the Braves are coming in as an underdog. Um, you think? I'm No, no, I, I – again, let me reword. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not against the Dodgers, of course, yeah. against the Dodgers. But I'm just saying the, the teams that they played this year, um, you know, they've been pretty dominant. They've looked pretty good. Yeah. I know they've gotten hurt at pitching with Soroka going down early. But Freed stepped up. Ian Anderson, who's a new, um, or not a new, just a very young player who's very good. He stepped up into the role. And then, you know, obviously you have Acuna, Freeman, uh, Ozzy Albies, and, and other guys, you know, Austin Riley, uh, who can step up and, and produce too. So I think it's going to be two fantastic series. Um, again, I'm going to take the Rays uh, going to the World Series against the Dodgers and then taking the Dodgers to win it all. Um, again, I know I'm not good at predictions, so the Astros are probably going to win the World Series. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's hope not. No, nah, let's hope not. That would be terrible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, I think it's going to be good. I'm, I'm not, you know, hugely into baseball. 
other than the Phils, but I think it's going to be interesting. What do you think? Um, I'm going to go Astros in the AL- the LCS. It's just it's setting up, I think, so perfectly. Um, uh, yeah, I like Tampa Bay. I, they have a bunch of no names on there. Well, not a bunch of no names, but to the average baseball fan, I feel like not a lot of people really know a lot of guys. Obviously, no. Joe Wendell was a WCU grad. I mean, well, yeah, got to brag about that one. But but I mean, like their their outfield, it's it's Keitemeyer is the guy in center field, and you know, no one really knows. They got really good pitching, though. I give them very that. good. Yeah, yeah Glassnell and Snell are really good. No, they're fantastic. And and listen, I the smart move would go to Tampa Bay Rays, um, but I just I think the Astros are on a revenge tour. But I don't like the phrase revenge tour because it's not like. It's not like they got jobbed or anything, or it's not like, you know, everyone's against them because they cheated. So it's not necessarily yeah. like, exactly. it's not like, I don't know, like they're, you know, they got jobbed by an ump or something or something like that. Like, really, they just cheated the game of baseball. And and, and, yeah. and everyone's, they're walking around like, we got something to prove. I'm like, the only thing, like, you don't have anything to prove. We just, you're not proving that you guys aren't cheaters. You guys are cheaters. That's what yeah. happened. Yeah. So I don't know. I, but I think the Astros team is still talented, even though they, you know, cheated the game of baseball. And, you know, they got Carlos Correa and Bregman and, yeah. and Altuve. Yeah, they, they got guys who can you play. You just keep going end and end. There's a reason why they've Alvarez, been successful. Brantley. Other than no one pitches coming in. But um, they don't have Cole, though. That's a big difference. Yeah, they don't have Gary Cole. Well, so. nor did the Yankees. Didn't sh- I mean, we played pretty well. It's a shame that their offense didn't show up. But, um, yeah. You know, he, you know, it, I don't know. I, I think the Astros win, and I, I'm still riding the Dodgers. I've been hot on the Dodgers since the beginning of the year. I picked them to win. I don't know how many games. I, we, we talked about this last episode, two episodes ago. I'm pretty sure I picked them to win like 48 games. Yeah, I probably around there. I mean, we all knew that they're oh, that talented. Games I, it, listen, and, the, and there's a lot of pressure on the Dodgers. I mean, we, they've come up short time in, time Multiple out. Times, yeah. So they need to show up this time. And Clayton Kershaw needs to show up. And I and I like Clayton Kershaw. He's a great pitcher. But when it, the biggest moment comes up, he's he's come up short. So I think there's a lot of pressure on the Dodgers. I think there's a lot, and I think there's no pressure on the Braves here. They're a young team. Um even though they've 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 haven't really had a lot of playoffs since success before this year. Like they've really I think that they've won their first playoff series in like twenty years or something like that. Uh against yeah. against I think the Reds technically because that was a you know it was like three game series, but they've won. So you know they haven't had a lot of success, but I feel like there's no pressure on them. So I think they're going into this NLCS. Um, you know it's a dogs, and maybe you know if Acuna shows up, if Freddie Freeman shows up, I'm a big Freddie Freeman guy is really good. Um, Albies, they they got young guys who can play. They definitely do. And and real quick with that Clayton Clayton Kershaw point, I totally agree that he may have came up short a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Um, just in regards to to the World Series they played the Astros in, you know, away from home versus of when he was at home, obviously it was just a drastic difference. I mean, mm-hmm. for the number one reason of the cheating scandal. Um, but I think Kershaw is is a good pitcher. He's shown it uh, early in the in the um, you know MLB playoffs here, um, and and now he's you know in the driver's seat, if you will, the NLCS. You know, he's he's got it. Um, you know, he's got the opportunity to go out there and, and take it over and then, you know, hopefully the World Series if they can get through the Braves. So, um, you know, we'll definitely see about that. And, and now just switching over to our last and final topic, uh, just with the NBA. Well, I do want to touch on college football as well, actually. Oh, yeah, we can gonna, definitely do, do that. You, do you want to do that first, actually? Because there's some stuff going on right now that... Oh, yeah. So well, well, let's let's just. I mean, we'll you just want to touch the NBA first. Yeah, or? I mean, not not nothing huge on the NBA front. Um, just another great game last night by yeah, Jimmy was. Butler. Um, you know, he, again, it's tough as a Philadelphia fan to, to see him do these. I'm types a huge of things. Jimmy Butler guy. I love I've always Jimmy been, Butler, and I, I did not want to get rid of I him. I was at hammering all. the table to sign him, and I knew the five year deal for a guy of his age is 
was was scary to think about, I guess, because probably the last two years of being overpay, just assuming that yeah. what its career arc would be, be going down. Yeah, so that's the see. Listen, if you wanted to go, like, listen, we didn't want to pay the money to Jimmy Butler, but then, uh, and then, all right, that's fine. Maybe you can get away with that, but don't turn around and then give four years to Al Horford. Yeah, and I know it, it, the year before he came here, we wasn't that bad, but. He's now looks like he's not like well, when Doc Rivers is in his press conference. He, he works he, hard. He works hard. Yeah, I know. Mean, I don't usually get another scuff with you know anybody that we bring on the show about him, but um, yeah. Listen, I think that when Doc Rivers was talking at the press conference with Al Horford, he didn't, he didn't bring his name up. Nah, so he, do, he doesn't. This, this, I know that's where hard. this is where the organization stands. They don't want him. And I think they want to get his contract off. It's got to hope. The good thing with the NBA, there's so many bad teams out there who are willing to take you know. Yeah, you know, millions of dollars just to you know get them off your hand. Like they're trying to lose, they're trying to tank. It's easy to do, like compared to like hockey, it's hard to do. Um, it's easy to get out of contracts in yeah, football. Yeah, you but, have like ten guys. But in, in baseball, like in baseball and hockey, is really hard to get out of contracts, especially with bad ones. So, yeah, I don't well, know. no, basketball is easier because you only have twelve to fourteen yeah, guys. Trying, and, some, some and twenty-eight, to, and you're an entire organization with the D and G league or yeah, whatever. So. Some teams are just trying to get to the cap four, let alone just you know. Yeah. It's really like that's how bad teams work. So I, they can definitely get rid of them. They'll probably have to throw in the next year thing in there, like the next year, like sweeten the pot, like, give you a first round pick for him, like take that too. Like I would, I would do that. Um, so, I don't even need anything back. I just want the money. <laughs> Very true. So moving on real quick, and and this is the last thing I just want to touch on the NBA again. Not huge. Um, yeah, I just I love that we just segued into an Al Horford rant. <laughs> I know, right? Just ah, oh, Al Horford. <laughs> So 111-108, the Miami Heat won last night. Again, we're yes. recording this on Saturday, October the 10th. So this was October the 9th. Great performance. Jimmy Butler, 35 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. Not a bad performance on the end of LeBron James and the Lakers, though. 40 points, yeah. 13 rebounds, 7 assists. The Heat win 111-108. I think this is going to be a great battle tomorrow night. Yeah. Lakers Heat, uh, Lakers minus 5. I think Lakers are going to take this one home. And if not, I think like you said earlier, Game Seven, LeBron, it's it's absolutely. Well, I don't know. He's not going down. It is. I think his like if statistically speaking, LeBron's been fantastic in Game Sevens. I think he hasn't lost a Game Seven forever, but, um, you know that's that's a different type of Game Seven because you were up three one, and mm-hmm. and I know everybody rose to Golden State Warriors for going up three one, then losing you know to to LeBron and the Cavs, but. You know, that's a different position to be in if you're LeBron James, and the pressure is just going to be probably the most pressure he's had, you know, in, in an NBA Finals because really the majority of the finals he's been in, and I, and I always give him a pass for it. Like, he's always been the underdog because he would always get, go up against, uh, one, a really good team, or he just has a really bad roster around him. So, yeah, and I, it's – I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think the Lakers get done in six. If it goes seven, I'm still going Lakers, but I'm really concerned if I'm LeBron AD and, and this Lakers team. I, I – this this Heat team, man, they don't give up. And listen, I don't know if they're ever going to win a championship with Jimmy Butler, but that signing for Miami is great a signing. And I think Jimmy, but I always love Jimmy Butler's personality. And people looked at it as more of a, a criticism than I think people should cherish that type of attitude towards his players holding oh, people yeah. accountable. It's more of a '90s kind of style vibe, and I always like that. And you got you got to be able to like. I, I remember listening to JJ Reddick's podcast and he had Jimmy Butler on, and. It was JJ, Jimmy, Ben, Joel, and Brett Brown was leading this tape 
um, you know, they're going over tape in, in the, in the you know, wherever, and they're going over, you know, game tape and stuff like that. And, and Jim, Brett Brown's just going through quick on our everything. And Jimmy Butler's looking around like nobody's saying anything. And he's, and he just got to Philadelphia like a week ago. And he didn't want to say anything because everyone thinks he is, is a, you know, an a hole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, he came from Minnesota with, you know, yeah, with all with that the, baggage. With the baggage, the baggage, quote unquote baggage. Quote unquote, yeah. That, yeah. So I don't know. But like he was sitting there and, and he's looking and like, he tells like, why is anybody saying anything? Like, they're just looking at game tape. They're not critiquing anything, not just suggesting anything. You guys are just sitting there. And then we go out. Like, and then when they leave, he's like, what was the point of doing that? Like, what mm-hmm. what were we doing? Like, yeah. no one wants to say anything. No, like, that's the thing. I feel like that's the biggest problem is anybody can hold these guys accountable, uh, accountable in, 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 within the sixth organization. I Hopefully, Doc Rivers can come in and hold these guys accountable, hold guys like Ben. Like, listen, Ben, you got to shoot the ball more. Like I'm, I'm not like I'm not asking you to put up you know thirty foot three pointers like Steph Curry every night, but you have to be able to pull up from like twelve feet. And yeah, they're oh, yeah. giving it to you. Like if it's it, think how disrespectful that is when you're at the three point line, they're standing right under the basket because they, they they know you're not gonna yeah, shoot the yeah. ball. Well, I think you're completely right in that sense. They need someone other than Brett Brown, who I think was you know for a, like Brett. lack of a better term, kind of drug through the mud during those trust the trust the process years. And then he gets the guys, you know, that Prep Brown, you know, put that time in for him yeah. in, in Embiid and Simmons, and then he gets the good team around him. And then he pretty much gets walked on because, you know, obviously his players don't respond that well to him. They don't make in-game adjustments or they don't want to make in-game adjustments. Ben Simmons doesn't want to get out of his comfort zone, and no one's really pushing him, it seems like. So, you know, I really would like to see this Doc Rivers signing um, turn into a... Uh, pot of gold, if you will, for the Sixers and, and bring them to that championship, um, you know, aspirations um, that they have, and and hopefully they close it out next year. So, um, you know, that kind of wraps it up here on the NBA topic. Right, let's get into college football. Because I know Connor's showing me scores. I'm, I'm just I'm trying to talk. and, and I know. I feel bad. I, my bad at distracting you, but just, just eye-popping scores it. here. All right, let's get into some college football. High-ranked teams are going down right now. Florida and number four lost to Texas A&M 41-38. So they're going to be probably out of the top four. Um, LSU is down to Missouri, who's unranked, and LSU's 17. They're down four. They had the ball, but uh, Texas, like like everyone says, Texas is always back, and they never are. They're, they're down 31 to 17 with five minutes left. Texas, once again, coming up short. Um, uh, number, oh, number eight, North Carolina, put up 56 points against Virginia Tech, and they're up 56 37, high scoring game there. So, a lot of, a lot of crazy I got, games. I have two good games I like later. Oh, well, well, I love the Clemson-Miami. So I love the Al- – I like that too. That's a I great like game. Auburn and Arkansas. Um, Arkansas is a little under the radar. They got Felipe Franks, who's a transfer in from Florida. I think um, Auburn's like overrated. I, I And I was just going to say that. I think Bo Nix and Auburn's a little bit overrated. I don't know. Maybe, um, I mean, they're 14-point favorites. They're 14-point favorites, so I would take I'd Arkansas take, in I'd a take, heartbeat. You take them outright? No, 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 no. The spread. Yeah, the spread. Yeah. Yeah, I I was going to say. You know, that's a good game that I like. Uh, Also, Ole Miss, Alabama. I love the over on that. Um, The 71. Yeah, I think it's going to be like 40. Like, I think it's going to be like 50 to like 35, Bama. Um, I mean, Bama puts up under. Oh, no. Bama puts up a lot of points, and so does Ole Miss. Ole Miss gives up a lot of points, too. Uh, Their their last game, they played. uh, Kentucky, they won forty-two to forty-one, 
And then the week before that, they played Florida, and they lost 51-35. So. I'm looking at this game. I'm looking at number five, Notre Dame, host in Florida State. And Notre Dame's a 21-point favorite. I may I actually like take Notre Dame to cover. I like that because Florida State's very weak this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm going to take Notre Dame very, to cover it. It's very um, obvious. So some right. good football there. A great, um, but again, I do want to talk, talk about this Clemson-Miami game because Clemson is known for not having any – Serious competition in the ACC, yeah. and now Miami, Miami looks good. Looking like '90s Miami out there. Just, oh yeah. I mean, I'm not '90s Miami. I mean, looking it's like the, a stretch. The cons versus the uh, yeah. Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. It's just I don't know, man. They did a three and zero start. Clemson's a fifteen point favorite. Fifty two ten over their in state rival Florida State. I mean, again, Florida State's not that good, but they they gave them a good one. Uh, Forty seven thirty four over Louisville, and then UAB. Not again. Not a Great team, not really but a good team. But maybe we're over. Maybe we're overreacting to Miami, but it's a fifteen-point favorite. Clemson is over Miami. I'll take. I'm saying Clemson's going to win, but I'll. I don't know. Maybe I'll give. Them, I'll give Miami the points. So. I don't love that fifteen because Clemson played Virginia, the Citadel, and Wake Forest in their first three. But that's games. the thing with the ACC. Like you're just going to play like bad teams know, all the time. But who is the Citadel? Do you even know where they're I don't know located? where that is. I know, dude, Zach knows, he knows every little, like, small school town. Like, it's ridiculous. To Gosh. throw any school, he'll know. <laughs> I'm like, how do you know that? But um, now, um, yeah, no, I'm going to take, I'm not going to take Miami the points. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah, LSU's take, now on the 16 of Mizzou, though. They might drive in and score there. Yeah, the, the two men's left. Yeah. Uh, they cannot lose to Mizzou, dude. They go one Well, they're done two, anyway. I mean, unreal. I mean, they'll probably get like a bowl game, but um, I don't know. Well, listen, I, I got this one thing because I'm I'm a proud you know downtown Westport uh, alum. You know, I pride from my high school and Kansas State freshman quarterback downtown West name's Will Howard. Their really? se- their senior quarterback gets hurt last game, so they throw in the freshman, the true freshman in there, and he goes up and he, he wins the game. Obviously, who they from play? Downingtown. Downtown West, man. He's what downtown West, and he's Will Howard. He's a, he's a four. He has a four-star recruit. And he's 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 a big guy. He's like six five. Find his, they play at play at, they play at four up. o'clock. I know. Yeah, I'm just throwing like Connor and Mark show. Yeah. Look, so Kansas State quarterback so, uh, Thompson. He has shoulder. He is out. So Will Howard's gonna get the start for T, uh, for Kansas State. They're gonna be playing TCU, and it's, TCU is a ten and a half point favorite. Now, obviously, that's a tough situation for him to go in on the road and play TCU. Obviously, TCU's not. I don't know about all that. What? You don't think it's that tough? <laughs> TCU? Yeah. They play. I don't know. I'm saying TCU at home. Uh, TCU at home, I would definitely. I would yeah, well, it's, I said it's going to be tough for no for Kansas State for him oh, for, yeah. as a freshman yeah, to go on the road. And hard. and they're running back, too. I was watching that game. I was like, he's really good. Like TCU's running back. No, Kansas, Kansas, State's, State's. Running, Kansas State's running back. Yeah, so uh, what's the spread? Yeah, so T- TCU's a ten and a half point favorite. I don't know. I, I, listen, I think I think really I think this like the Will Howard kid, like he's big, he's athletic, he has a nice arm. Like he's a guy who can eventually could make it to the NFL, especially if you're playing at a freshman in Big Twelve football. I know it's Kansas State, but he he can play. So, um, but I'm still I'm gonna probably take TCU and and uh, what's the over under over under is four forty nine and a half. I mean I'll take the over for that. So you get this. All I need is twenty five points to each guy. Let's get team. scoring, boys. I know. It's Big 12. It's, it's, they didn't play no defense. <laughs> that is true. I got, I'm, Not I'm, a lot of defense. That's actually but. pretty low. I'd actually hammer that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, yeah, so I'd take that. Um, anything else you want to do before we wrap it up? Uh, yeah, so real quick, last thing I want to say before we wrap it up. Uh, we did have a new member join, uh, if you will, the team. Uh, the of team. The, <laughs> of the Connor and Mark show yeah, yeah. Uh, podcast. It's just me and Connor. 
at the moment. But no, seriously, we we got um, also uh, Westchester um, student Kenny Kissinger. He's going to be uh, writing some blogs for us. We're going to get involved a little bit and, and post some stuff too. Um, so, you know, we'll definitely let you guys know where we're going to post that stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're still trying to figure that out. But thanks to Kenny um, coming in and, and, you know, helping us out a little bit. Uh, the blogs are going to mainly circulate uh, four channels, which is going to be the Phillies, Eagles, Flyers, and Sixers. Um, you know, per request, uh, you know, we might even put a poll out about the union, uh, see if we can find someone that may be interested in the union because I know that is a Philadelphia sport that has some passionate fans. And, and you I know, did. I went to a game. It was fun. Could I would used to work for him. So I I've been avid, avid union supporter. Over here. Um, so I know we may have some union supporters of, of listeners, and we do want to bring you, um, you know, all the best Philadelphia content. Um, and, and news updates um, in that regard. So, uh, like I said, last thing before we go, big interview on Thursday. Yes. Um, and, and then also and, and the blogs and, and articles are going to start coming out uh, for us, so definitely check them out. Also, Mike Quinn, general manager of WCUR, is going to join us because he's an avid Flyers fan. I had oh, to, yeah. I had to throw out the him. invite. And he was, oh, yeah. And I think, he, I think he had his radio show uh, planned for – Right around when we're going to do the interview, so he said, "Yeah, I'll just, I'll just skip out on that, and we'll just do the we'll do the show with Jason Martinez." Also, um, obviously, disappointing news with Westchester that I believe sports were in spring. Excuse me, were postponed and canceled, which is always disappointing. A lot of student athletes are disappointed to hear that, and to uh, you know, they really want to finish out their career. But obviously, President said he's going to reconsider it, and and maybe hopefully by then that you know, I know here at WCUR we broadcast football games and. You know, it's been disappointing to not be able to do that and bring that game to you guys. Also, uh, it looks like because the hockey team's uh, uh, disaffiliated with the university as a club team, so they reach out. They reached out to the ECHA, and it looks like their season's gonna be underway. So we're still gonna be doing those broadcasts, and you can always listen to them on WCUR's YouTube channel. We stream them live there as well. Uh, we're gonna be adding another person to the, to the broadcasting team, so it's gonna be a three-person broadcasting team with this, uh, the ice reporter. On this, uh, on the ice, which is exciting. Um, I'm very excited for that. Hopefully, I know Mark called the games last year. If, you know, there may be some situations where I have to, you know, bring you in as well, and definitely gotta do some more games and 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 stuff like that. So, other than really that, though, it's we're, uh, we're full steam ahead of the podcast, and we gotta keep putting out episodes. We're excited for next one too. Yes, sir. Well, thanks for everyone checking in. Yeah. Um, again, check out our Instagram and Twitter, uh, YouTube page as well. Please subscribe or follow. We do greatly appreciate it. Um, expanding and yeah we are expanding <laughs> anything that you want to hear on the podcast or even a particular guest feel free to reach out to us um connor mark show at gmail.com uh and we will definitely react and, and get back to you we appreciate all the support again and uh thanks for listening yeah guys see you guys next week hey guys did you enjoy the show well make sure to follow us on instagram at connor underscore mark underscore show to keep up with all of our content. You can listen to any of our episodes on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, or any other streaming host online.